Hi everyone, welcome to episode two, a very festive episode two of The View From The Bench. Thank you to everyone who downloaded and listened to episode one. Hope you enjoyed it. We've had some great feedback uh, via Gmail and Twitter. Um, if for anyone who wants to get in contact, just a reminder that our Gmail account is theviewfromthebench at gmail.com. I have with me today Danny Kerr, Queen's Club captain, England legend. We'll be talking a little bit about him, a good bit about Christmas, a few things about the game in general. We'll have our champagne moment, rugby records, and then try a bit more of just a minute at the end of the show. So hope you enjoy it and let's get on with things. I'm joined today by Danny Kerr. Club captain, Holoquins legend, England legend. Thanks for joining me, Dees. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, lovely to have you here. Obviously, Christmas just around the corner. I know, mate, that you're a huge, huge fan of Christmas. So, paint us the picture. We don't get very long, yeah. but what, what's, what's Christmas look like for you for the last... Yeah, as you as you say, Mark, I'm a big big fan of Christmas. Uh, Christmas for a rugby player is, is quite different, I think, to Christmas for... A rugby fan, I'd say. Uh, we we train a lot. We train Christmas Eve morning. Um, get the rest of the day off on Christmas Christmas Eve. So for me, uh, this year I head up to Jody's Jody's parents um, uh, in Coventry, and we'll have Christmas Eve, Christmas Day there, uh, and then we're back. I think Boxing Day, twelve o'clock, we train. So it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick, and it's over. Uh, you're back to it's back to the club, back to training, twelve o'clock on on Boxing Day, and then we've obviously got. The big game on the twenty seventh at Twickenham, which has become a bit of a, a permanent fixture for us at Quinns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So take you back a bit further than that. Before rugby, Christmas, care household, growing up. Yeah. What was it like, mate? I mean, I love it, mate. I love everything about Christmas. Um, you know, the Coca Cola advert. Uh, I have to have like a, I've got a full set of Coca Cola cans in my in my fridge. I have to have one every day now with a little Santa on. Perfect. Uh, glass bottle if. If yeah, well, obviously, it has, just has, taste. Yeah, that's just taste sensation. So much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's all my mum and dad, and they've always been. Uh, they spot. They've always sports rotten on Christmas. So um, come from a pretty normal background, uh, but mum and dad like to. I've always liked to throw a lot of cash into into a lot of presents for us at Christmas, and mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those things. Every year they go, oh, we can't afford to get you as much this year, and we'd somehow seem to get to get more and more. So they always said it's. The one true time is as a as a family you should yeah. spoil spoil your kids. So uh, so yeah, loads of presents, uh, loads of fun. Typical Christmas day. We at our house when we have it in Leeds, we we don't really leave the house. It's an all day affair. Inside. Games? Are we talking games or TV or? Yeah, play a few games. We used to always watch uh, a bit of Christmas TV. You know, the Royal Family, yeah, that classic. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, some classics, which is a shame. It's not really on yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, but we yeah, a few games. Uh, maybe Trivial Pursuit or uh, something like that. Normally, back in the day, it was like I used to get PlayStation games, so I'd be off in my room for, for quite a while. Playing <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation. <laughs> Uh, but a lot of food, a lot of chocolate, uh, a couple of drinks, um, and now it's obviously changed a little bit with yeah. having a, my, my own family as you'll Yeah, yeah, exciting yeah. times, and, and little Blake's probably just about getting to the age where he's kind of getting excited about it, and you get to start the process all over again yeah. for yourself. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm as excited just to have, you know, have his excitement. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Christmas is always better when there's kids around. 
uh, and he kind of knows something's going on. He keeps seeing Santas and Christmas trees knocking around, so he knows something. We took him to to Harrods last week to to see Santa, uh, and he was absolutely buzzing for forty minutes waiting to to get in there. We got in there and he took one look at him and just said, "No, Daddy." Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. So uh, <laughs> behind your legs, yeah. Like, yeah. It took me a while. He got a big chocolate gold coin from him, so he warmed up a little bit, but he was definitely a bit a bit not sure about him. Okay, perfect. And obviously we just spoke a little bit there about growing up, um, been down here for a while now, but Northern boy, born up north, proud of that. Yeah. Um, obviously everyone knows the story about you were going to play football, you, you made, made the call to play rugby. Um, what else? Were you just all football when you were younger? Did you do other sports, give anything a go, or were you like, right, I want to be... Yeah, be whoever it was. Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool yeah, obviously a little big Liverpool fan. I love football, mate. And generally, I, I thought I was going to be a footballer and always wanted to be a footballer. Uh, played rugby as well. I played all sports. My mum and dad were very sporty themselves, and they just said, "Play, play every sport you can, and, and choose which one you like." So I did. You know, I did swimming. I wasn't the best swimmer, mate. My, my physique didn't, <laughs> didn't really work. Well. I looked didn't like have a little, range. <laughs> looked like a little rat in the, in the pool. Uh, but tennis, cricket, love cricket. Uh, Played for my local club Adel for all my all my life pretty much. Um, captain them a couple of times to so a couple of cup final wins, which nice. was pretty cool. I love cricket. I just yeah. loved the I loved the banter in the field, and yeah. uh, I wasn't particularly great at batting or bowling. I was a bit of an all rounder. I could do. I can imagine you like in the slips or like on the offside. Just, yeah, just it's, silly. That's quite a lot of sledging. Yeah, maybe. In a point, a little bit of sledging as the batsman walks in, yeah. uh, just to let them know. But uh, I loved it. Mate. I just love I love team sports. Um, but mostly, mostly cricket because we go cricket training. But I'd take my football, we do ten minutes of cricket training, and we'd all play football yeah, for like yeah, two perfect. hours and have a can of coke on the way or whatever. Uh, so lo- mate, loved loved all sports. Um, my mum and dad, I think, similar to yours, would drive you anywhere to play sport. Yeah, yeah. So same for me and my brother and my little sister. Uh, and then it kind of went back to rugby when I was a bit when I was a bit older. Yeah, perfect. So I've done a bit of research. Okay. Done a bit of research. So started off at West Park, West Park Bram Hope. Correct. Yeah. About six years old. Yeah, yeah, about six. Yeah, my brother was eight, so he went down. I think that was the first year you could go. Uh, I wasn't um, allowed to play because I was too young, but because I was quite quick, they said, "Oh, I'll come back next year and you can play a year up." So I played a year up for a few years uh, and played rugby for rugby Sunday morning, football Sunday afternoon. Um, and loved it and then it came to a, I think it was about a 10 and it came to a stage where me and my brother had to both choose because the times were, we couldn't fit in both uh, and he chose rugby and I chose football so I stopped playing rugby for a bit and went and played football and then went and did that for Sheffield Wednesday and that for, for a few years and then left so it was kind of weird my brother chose the sport that I ended up doing yeah, and I yeah. kind of got rid of it yeah yeah and obviously then you went to school Prince Henry's and played for Otley and when did it become a thing of okay I'm pretty decent at this this is going to become something obviously you were in Tykes Academy pretty early but um, yeah so I, I think it was quite lucky that I went to a, a good rugby school it was a real good sports school wasn't the, I mean it wasn't a, a, a posh school by any means uh, you know it wasn't a rough school either it was kind of sat in the middle uh, and luckily we it always had a good rugby tradition uh, my brother my brother's team were really successful um they got to the daily mail quarter final with them which for a for a, a local grammar school was was pretty special yeah. uh 
my team went on to win the Daily Mail Vars, which was yeah, which was good. pretty cool. Uh, it was an awesome experience. That was my first time I got to play at Twickenham as a as a seventeen year old fly half back then. Um, but the time I, I, I really made, I knew I was going to change. I think uh, all my mates have been pestering me at school to come and play for Otley as well, the, the club side. I went down there, uh, played a couple of games. We went on a lads and dads tour to Dublin. Uh, How old? I was sixteen. So old enough. Old, old enough. enough for the lads and dads tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'd never really experienced like what it was like before, and we. Played a few games of rugby, had a load of beers after with your with your dads and, and all the lads, and uh, I literally fell in love with it. Uh, I thought this is this is pretty cool. Play yeah. rugby and have a few beers after. Uh, so we literally went from there um, through my school. You know, you go through the trials. Uh, I got picked for England under sixteen schools. I was reserve scrum half for that, um, and then kept going. I still remember. I've still got my letter that Stuart Lancaster. Uh, sent me saying I wasn't good enough to even come to EPDG training okay. yeah, when I was 15, 16. Made me uh, those words. Yeah, so I've showed him that a few times. Um, but then he, he then signed me for Leeds Academy um, and I played for the first team a couple of times in my, in my last years of school and then signed for Leeds full-time yeah. straight out of school. Perfect. And then, obviously, I mean, we first got to know each other and you got to know a few of the Quinns boys at that age group stuff, 19s, 21s, we had that World Cup in France. I think yeah. it was the summer you maybe signed for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, myself, Robbo, Brownie. Um, Al Rogers. Al Rogers, yeah. And yeah. Um, and then you joined us in 2006. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, so this is my 11th year down here now, which is pretty scary. Uh, but yeah, obviously a Northern lad, very proud to be a Northern lad, but, um, you know, I've I think my first couple of years down here, I fell in love with being being down here, and obviously love the club, um, and I've never wanted to leave. Uh, and obviously, we want to get back to to winning ways because yeah. we, you know, in two thousand twelve was was an unbelievable year for us, and um, obviously won the LV Cup, won the won the Amlin, and then won the league. Um, we haven't really done much since, so it's been a bit frustrating, but. Um, Obviously, the aim for everyone here is to, to get us back where we think we, we should be. Yeah, and do you feel like we're... I mean, it feels to me like we're starting to build things again and we're moving in the right direction. Obviously, it takes time. There's guys, you know, you look at what Saris have done and they're, they're leading the way at the moment, but yeah. we've, we've definitely still got the potential here to, to go, and, go and achieve those things we want to achieve. Yeah, we're definitely getting back to, I think, where we want to be and we're still not there yet we're still working hard but uh, I think we we probably underestimated or maybe overestimated ourselves a little bit I think the couple of years after I think me and you have had a couple of conversations about this before that um, we probably thought we were a bit better than we were and other teams caught us up and went went way past us and we kind of got stuck in our in our Quinn style this way will work and yeah, uh, we yeah. didn't really adapt and evolve but I think now we're we're seeing a bit of that and uh, we're trying to change our game a little bit, be a bit more pragmatic and um, win games rather than play well but lose. Is I think we prefer to yeah. to start winning them. So um, we're hopefully on our way and got a great squad uh, and boys working hard to, to try and get them goals. Yeah, great. So big question. Obviously, Northern boy, proud Northern boy, but now down here, been down here for 10 years, married, got your own family. Yeah. Where's Where's home, north or south? Uh, mum and dad will kill me, but um, obviously home's Leeds, but 
my mum and dad are probably going to leave there soon uh, and all my pretty much all my mates have, have moved down to London um, my good mates anyway from school so uh, post rugby I won't be I don't think I'll be moving back up north I think uh, you know I love living down here I live uh, you know obviously out in Cobham in Surrey and um, not too far from London but, but far enough that I'm not right in the mixer um, so it's a pretty special place to live down here I love it down here uh, and you know I'd imagine I can well, I'll move around a little bit but I probably won't go too far from, from where we are a few tears being shut up in Leeds about yeah there. sorry sorry to the Leeds <laughs> folk uh, okay so moving on to the champagne moment this will be uh, the second winner in the category as we said first time round for those who listened last time this can be a great moment in rugby it doesn't necessarily have to be on field it can be off field it can be something that just symbolises what's great about the game that we love uh, for those of you that haven't listened or have forgotten the first week was the way the Maoris remembered Anthony Foley and the class of, of the way they did that and just what it symbolised about the game uh, for episode two there were two contenders the first was um, not quite so you know wonderful but uh, was absolutely hilarious one of the funniest things I've ever seen Dees I think you were on the field I was uh, Johnny May's attempt to scrummage at flanker uh, during a sim bin uh, you were there first hand yeah I, I mean you saw him did it you saw him do it and didn't do anything about it yeah but thoughts uh, it's probably embarrassing to say Mark I didn't actually think he was doing anything wrong at the time <laughs> uh, as he's taken over the 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 stick for it um, you don't see me offering him a helping hand because I, I still don't have a clue what goes on in there yeah and I suppose actually you would have never found yourself having to fill in there because Scrum Half never has to no we never we don't really look there mate we just look in the tunnel and yeah. put the ball in so I never really see what the flank is doing I just always see his, they yeah. don't really look yeah, like I mean, it, but I mean he's not got his head in between yeah, the legs of the prop I mean it? <laughs> it's normally like Robbo or someone they don't really look like they're doing an awful lot yeah, like true. you guys are pushing hard they're just kind yeah, of they're just floating on the side hanging on yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking cool. Um, and obviously that's gone viral, everyone's seen it. If you haven't, look it up. It is, I mean, hilarious and ridiculous. It is, it is genuinely ridiculous. He looks like a baby deer just like caught in the headlights. But that's, that's not, that's not going to win, um, even, though, even though it was hilarious. Uh, what, uh, what I've gone for this, this episode is after, so obviously the Autumn Internationals is finished now and there was a big weekend for Pacific Island Rugby, all the nations that were touring won, including Tonga who won over in Italy and according to Eddie Jones, uh, Mako and Billy Vanapola who'd obviously played that day I think against Argentina made the call and uh, paid for the Tongan, Tongan team's night out to celebrate in, in Italy, um, I just hats off to them, it's brilliant obviously Everyone knows that uh, Pacific Island rugby has a huge amount of talent, but it's struggling financially. Guys don't have a lot of money, so and obviously those boys are very proud of their own heritage. So to do that, I just thought absolutely brilliant, really, really classy thing to do. And obviously you know them well, and you just said to me it's exactly the sort of thing you'd expect them to do. So yeah, uh, like you say, Mako and Billy are very proud Tongans and very proud of their heritage and. Um, it's funny when they're in training, they speak they speak Tongan to each other. Uh, I think it's mainly Mako swearing at Billy. But uh, no, I, it, I, I hadn't heard that, but like I said, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Both very generous guys and 
um, I think they do an awful lot for their family and, and, and the, the people they love back home anyway so um, I think they'll be very proud of the the Tongans getting that getting that win, and I'm sure it wouldn't have caught, it, it would have been a fair old bill yeah. for those Tongans <laughs> exactly <laughs> flying into it in Italy. So um, they heard it's free, and it's like they yeah. get the, the, the Billy and Mako get the phone call in the morning. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Boys, yeah. Didn't oh, you made the offer. I didn't know you were going to blow the yeah. doors off. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's that's the winner of episode two, and hats off, um, hats off to the Vinopola brothers because that's just quality. Um, okay, move, moving back to you, Deese. Um, just going to talk about uh, a couple of things in general with the game, um, both that kind of you've been directly involved in, one more a general point and one about the position you play at Scrum Half. Um, obviously, you've now been down, down in London for 10 years, but you've been playing careers this year, your 13th year as a professional. It's been around a long time. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of press about the money that's coming into the game in recent years, we've all seen the changes with the profile and the, the commercial stuff. And you're someone, certainly since you've been down in London within a couple of years and you broke out into the scene, you've been very much like at the heart of that high profile element of a rugby player. You've, you know, you've had opportunities, you've been, you know, had a few pictures of you holding, holding rugby balls in front of the crown jewels and not a lot yeah, else. And, yeah. Big um, so you, you have been a player that's probably been right at the heart of that. Um, and just, I'd just be interested to know how how you think the game's changed. Um, we don't have to get too deep, but mm. just it's obviously changed a huge amount, and you've been right there. And whether it's a change for the better or or not, and and how it's affected you. Yeah, I think um, it's obviously changed massive amounts from from the from sort of ten years ago when when we started. Uh, I think I'm a, probably a good example of someone who didn't realise. How much it had changed, and then you you find yourself a couple of times in in trouble for things that you know you would do before, and, and no one would bat an eyelid. But yeah. um, I think something I probably didn't. It took me a while to learn. Was we are uh, big role models for kids, and um, the more and pe- more and more people that that watch rugby and love rugby, the more and more people that are going to know who you are, and um, you have to act a bit differently, especially when you're on a night out with with the lads. Um, certain things you could have got away with before uh you know with camera phones and twitter and instagram and everything these days uh lads have got to be careful and 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 it people are out to get you sometimes which is sad but i think as a player you have we have to realize how big the sport's gone and the amount of money that's going into it now more and more people um watching it wanting to play it coming to watch us play which obviously for us helps pay our wages we've got a responsibility to to about like professionals and set good examples. So in the first episode, I asked Nick Evans Snapper about what he thinks about with kicking, what his process is. Um, obviously, he's developed his weird thing with his swinging arms. God, he'd have bored you to tears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had to cut. Did you get foul. any views? On, we, we, had to cut, we had to cut most of it out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's long-winded. Um, and obviously, you know, you're, you're a scrum half, but the way you've made your name in the game is... You're dynamic. You look to make breaks. You know, quick tapping, sniping round round the base, and obviously there'll be people listening to this who may be aspiring scrum halves or just just interested because they've never been in that sort of high octane environment. So, for you, let, let's use a specific example. You get to the the base for ruck. The ball's there. 
what are you looking for to, to make that decision of is it on for me to create something here for the team or, or am I going to bide my time and, and do it next phase, whatever? Yeah, I think as a, as a nine, you, you kind of have to build a bit of an innings, a bit like a, you know, a, a batsman in cricket. You, know, you don't want to go out there and snipe your first three, three chances you get the ball. You kind of pick your moments and um, if you ship the ball a few times and you keep hitting the turn or hitting the forge around the corner, Hopefully the defence will start thinking, oh, he's not gonna, he's not gonna run here. And one of my big cues is is to look at the eyes of the of the guards, you know, the the guard or the bodyguard, the two people, the closest to the ruck. Yeah. See where they're looking, and if they're not looking at me, then I know there's a chance for me to do something. Um, also, the speed of the ball. If if we get a, a good carry, if you know yourself or Marla's come around the corner and got a quick quick carry, you know, a one second ruck, I know that I can get the ball and 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 run before they're their defence can get set so that plays a big thing in me and a lot of it is is scanning as you get to the to the breakdown um, obviously every position is different but as a nine you have to kind of look and assess the defence in a split second to then realise what the best thing to do is and you've got 20 people to call for the ball or calling that they're going to tackle you or whatever uh, and you've got to make a decision quite quickly and the quicker you can scan and, and see the see the right option um, and whatever it is you're going to do, if you're going to pass, pass. You're going to run, run. You're going to kick, kick. Don't, um, don't dawdle. And yeah. a big thing Eddie Jones says says to me and to, to Ben Youngs all the time is, trust your instinct. Your first instinct is probably the correct decision. So whatever you do, whatever you think of first, just do it. Yeah. Um, and that as a coach is probably the the best bit of advice yeah, you could yeah. get. That um, back your own decisions. Okay, great. And um, obviously you've you've. You've scored a few from those decisions that we were talking about. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's one obviously that I that I'd imagine you'd you'd put up top of the list. But a couple of times where that decision making's come off, you've you've done something great, scored a try. What what was the uh, your your number one and two or top couple in your career? Yeah. Um. I think I sc- I scored a I scored one against Leicester at home. Uh. The stoop. Um. From a quick tap. I yeah. think from from yeah. about the halfway line. I think. Um. I could see, I'd just see the defence wasn't set and they had a few of them had the backs turned so I thought I can get in behind the defence and maybe we'll create an attacking opportunity and I kept running and Steptated. Steptated, <laughs> uh and, and managed to I managed to score and I think I did a good little doing my hair celebration with Geordie holding the mirror or something. It was pretty ridiculous. But uh, that's probably my favourite one in a Quinn shirt and in an England shirt, I think the grand the Grand Slam game in France. Um managed to you know, Eddie before the game and literally said to me, "Oh, watch out for their their blindside guards. I think you'll be able to pick up against the grain and and uh, get get a bit of change out of that." And um, lo and behold, I think whatever minute it was, I saw a gap, went for it, um, and luckily I don't know where the fullback was, uh, but he gave me a good forty meter clear run into the line yeah. and, a, and a grand slam deciding game was what, uh, what a feeling that must have been. Yeah, it was pretty special, mate. Uh, Jody and my mum and dad were in the crowd, so. Um, that was pretty nice because uh, I'd, I'd started the first game and then I benched the middle three and it got to the deciding game and Eddie said he's picking me so I was like oh you know, brilliant you know what a, a show of faith from him so I thought I better better repay him with something and uh, managed to, to score a try and then obviously we won that game and it was you know a pretty special moment for us for everyone that had been involved yeah. in all the World Cup, uh, how low we were to then that high, it made it all worthwhile. Yeah, but it must have been must have been amazing. Um, just before we move, just before we move on to the next section, 
obviously we've known each other for a while. I met you as a young man. Um, January's coming. January 2017. It is, Mark. Quite, quite significant for you. Uh, the big three O's approaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how does the the eternally youthful DC? How how did how does it feel, mate? I can't believe it's happened, mate. To be honest, <laughs> uh, I honestly don't know where where it's gone. Um, you know, I obviously came down here as a nineteen year old, and now I'm I'm turning thirty and married and a kid. I'm like, Jesus, what's what's happened? But. Uh, I think thirty is the you know the new twenty yeah. twenty one. Yeah, I mean I'm thirty one. So yeah, definitely, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to embrace it. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think on the day of my thirtieth birthday, we've got an England camp in Brighton, which is Beautiful. obviously fantastic. Yeah, just exactly what you want. Yeah. Cannot wait to do that. Uh, but yeah, um, thirty, married, settled down. You know, I'd have liked to. But to, as happy as you've ever been, as happy as you've ever been. Right, okay, the, uh, the serious stuff is over. Uh, thanks very much, Danny, great insight. Really interesting to hear a bit about you and thoughts on the game and stuff. And now let's make things a little bit festive. We've mentioned Christmas, obviously just around the corner. We're moving on to Danny's music choices. Um, they were called Rugby Discs first time round, and the moment I said that, I realized they should have been called Rugby Records, obviously. So they will, moving forward, now be known as Rugby Records. Um, I've tried to make things Slightly festive, it's not very festive in here, but I have brought a couple of crackers with me, Dees. You have. You so, have. Uh, pull a cracker, mate, see who, let's, see let's who wins. Let's have a go, best of luck, mate. Good <laughs> off, good off. Told you, oh. it didn't even break. Oh, didn't even break. Who won that, that one, though, we'll, 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 uh, Danny, you on that. We'll tr try another one, because hopefully there's a hat. So. That's 2-0. 2 out of 2. 2-0. Two 2 out of 2. What's there in there? The oh, do we have a joke? A joke as well, I've got a sewing kit as well, mate. They they say that the uh, the quality the quality of a cracker is shown by the uh, the gift you get in there. Dee's got sewing kit. I've got folding scissors. Make what you will of that. Okay. Oh, very good. Right. Dee, you want a joke? Yes, please. What's brown and <coughs> creeps around the house? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you want a sensible answer to that? One? <laughs> It's a joke, and uh, it's a family show. Okay, I don't know, Mark. What is brown and creeps around the house? Mint spies. Wow, well yeah. done. Well done. That, that is, one that is bad. Uh, what's very scary and squeaks? Mark JK. <laughs> uh, very, something, something mouse. Uh, very scary. It's awful. Chris Mouse? But yeah, the ghost of Chris Mouth. Yes! Mouth past. <laughs> right, okay. Right, we're going to move on to our records, put our hats on. Um, so, this is, there's four categories, um, as we did last time with Nick Evans. I have asked Danny to give it a bit of a festive theme, so there's a bit of a mixture here. So, we're going to kick things off these with the first category, which is f family album. Um, as I said to Nick last time, it can be, it can be something that makes you think of your youth. It can be something of your family now. That one song, you think of it, boom! I'm there with the family. What is it? Yeah. So I went for uh, John Mayer EXO. Uh, it was a a song that was playing when I proposed to to Jody, uh, and it was also our first dance song at our wedding. So that's the song when it comes on. It obviously brings back some some pretty cool memories. Great, well let's have a listen. Great tune. 
Baby, kiss me, kiss me Before they turn the lights out Before they turn the lights out Oh, baby, love me lights out In the darkest night out I search through the crowd Your face is all that I see I'll give you everything Baby, love me lights out uh, so yeah, hearts melting all over the world, Danny, as uh, as you have the tendency to do. Category one, brilliant, it's in, XO John Mayer. And now moving on to category two, the drive home. So, I mean, normally this would be wet Tuesday, double session, you know, it's been horrible, you know, you, you're getting home you know, you're on your way back, maybe traffic on the A3 back home, but obviously this is slightly Christmas themed and somewhat predictably, but in a good way, mm. what's what's your uh, what's your selection? Yeah, you can probably guess, uh, but um, I've gone for the classic driving home for Christmas. Um, obviously being, being from Leeds, Christmas in the first probably seven, eight years I was down here, I was always literally finished training on the M1, three and a half hours all the way up to Leeds for Christmas. Uh, so obviously on the radio, it comes on. I just think it's for me, you know. Yeah, this, is, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is my moment. Yeah. So a couple of times I've even, you know, texted into the radio stations for like <laughs> Danny, 27, London, driving home for Christmas. Perfect. Uh, never been read out. But um, yeah, it's just a song, obviously. It, it, that's the moment, obviously, for us. It's a bit different. Normally people finish for Christmas a few days before. Yeah. Ours is the day before you get in your car, you drive home for Christmas, and, and then the fun begins. Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. I'm driving home for Christmas, yeah. Well, I'm moving down that line. Now on to category three, the changing room game changer. You've uh, you're one of the big characters in the changing room, mate. We've, Thank you, man. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Um, one of those guys likes being around the boys. Lot of energy. Um, so the, the the change room game changer can be either before before a game, get the boys going, or after a win. I'm sure there's a few to choose from. Yeah. What have you gone for? Uh, so I went for Inni Kamosi, Hot Stepper. Um, hell of a tune for the change room. I think we went through a stage a few years ago at Quinns where we put it on just before we go out. And yeah. You'd think everyone would be getting in their heads on for a big <laughs> game, and we're we're all dancing around like yeah, lunatics yeah, yeah. to that. Even Nick Evans a couple of times. And he's got um, horrible moves. Horrible so. moves, but he <laughs> got out of his little box two-step and he managed to to get a few. But obviously after a game, uh, you throw something like that on, everyone's up, everyone's got a couple of beers in them. Um, I think you'll agree, as a rugby player, some of the best moments you have are in a change room after a game with 100%, the lads. Uh, and 100%. A song like that is, is pretty special. Okay, so moving on to the final category, career definer, which can be the one song that will always make you think of rugby, 
it can just be your favourite all-time song. Obviously, it's Christmas, and so we're being generous. And also, DC's played along and made it a little bit festive with his selections. So we'll start with your Christmas career definer, then we'll move on to your your all-time career definer. Christmas for me, mate, isn't isn't Christmas until you hear this song. It's 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 the Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York. Uh, it's without a doubt my favourite Christmas song, and it I think it's just a great song. Great song to be around your family and your friends and uh, celebrating together. Let's have a listen. Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, an old man said to me, won't see another one, and then he sang a song, the rare old mountain dew, I turned my face away. Yeah, great song, classic. Uh, for what it's worth, I'd have gone slightly more old school. Nat King Cole, the Christmas song. Okay, can you send me that real quick? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Great song. Classic. Everything yeah. put it on, it's, uh, it's just immediately Christmas in my head. Uh, but very strong selection. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that one, mate. And now on to your all-time favourite. You just made me sing a, sing a bit of that there. Um, now... You said I like a dance earlier. You and I both know you love, love a sing. Yeah. And, and almost without fail, any time I've ever heard anyone ask you to uh, to offer a, offer a tune in karaoke, you've got to stand up and do something. Uh, this, is, this is what comes out, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's what I've been renowned for, I think, when I, when I hang up the boots, you know. It's, I, lo- I, love a, I love a song. Um, and Lean On Me, for me, is, is my favourite song to sing. It was my first Cap song, probably my first song I sung at Quinn's. Uh, and any chance I get to, with a microphone, I'm, I'm rocking that. Oh, just while I'm looking for it, mate, do you want to give us a couple of bars? Or I'll what? just give you one. Lean on me. Perfect. That's all we need. That's all you need, mate. Lean on me when you're not Yeah, great song, Lean On Me, Bill Withers, brilliant selection, um, yeah, and to be honest, to be honest, will probably always make me think of you, so there we go. And we're going we're gonna to crowbar in, crowbar in one, more, one more little festive category, uh, which is, everyone will be going home, obviously some, some people might be home when they listen to this, on their way home hopefully, like you said, we, we get a bit of a shorter Christmas, but Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without a film, Correct. Christmas film. There's there's a lot of classics out there. We actually grew up in a bit of a bit of a golden era. Um, what is what is your one Christmas film, Daniel? My one Christmas film, Mark, is is Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Um, just a just a very very good film. Yeah. Um, all all Christmassy, you know, you you really feel for from Macaulay Culkin in it yeah. um, and you know he's he's lost in New York and <laughs> he, he has to find his parents yeah. and, and he finds them yeah 
and the, the, I have to say the scene uh, with the lady with the birds yeah. used to just like scare me beyond all the, belief the pigeon yeah. lady what, yeah. a, what a woman <laughs> yeah yeah Heart of gold. Never judge a book by its cover. Really, she, uh, really don't, guys. Yeah, she uh, she really turned it around. Mm. Um, yeah, I I haven't watched that one yet this year, but I'm sure it'll be going on at some point. Um, again, for me, there's only pretty much only one tradition in the Lambert family household, and there's a very old black and white Christmas film called It's a Wonderful Life, um, which goes on every Christmas Eve. Christmas so, Eve. Yeah. Nice. So that that would uh, that would be my Christmas film, but Home Alone two right up there. Brilliant. Right, okay, so that brings to an end Rugby Records. Some more great selections from Danny. We've had a really high bar set for the first first two weeks. Pretty different. Reveals a bit of uh, the difference in personalities between the old 9-10 axis of uh, Nick Evans and, and Daniel. And now we're going to move on to Just a Minute. Um, for those of you who haven't listened just, before... Just a Minute. What is it? Just a Minute. Just so, a Minute. Nice. So the, the classic Radio 4 game show is called Just a Minute. Yeah. And you have to speak for a minute on a topic that you're given uh, without hesitation, repetition or deviation. So you've stolen their idea. I've stolen their idea. Yeah, yeah, fine. And obviously I'm, I'm a Harlequins player, yes. so I've tweaked it slightly to make it just a minute. Well played. Yeah, play on words. Well played. Uh, we only have one name on the leaderboard so far. Okay. And that, that name is Nick Evans at 12 seconds. He was yeah. pretty mortified, came in with an arm after 12 seconds. So, Danny, do you know what I'm going to ask you to talk about? I do not. He does not know what he's going to talk I about. Do so, say, I say um a lot as well, Mark. <laughs> so, he's going to have a minute. No, no hesitation. No repetition. Deviation, we're giving a bit of leeway because it, it's quite difficult. And, Daniel, given the theme that we've been discussing today, given the fact it's Christmas, we're feeling very festive. Could you speak for a minute without hesitation, repetition or deviation about the contents of your perfect Christmas morning stocking? Three, two, one, go. So Mark, the contents of my perfect Christmas morning stocking are, I would like to have some chocolate in there Mark, I would also like to have a toothbrush, maybe some toothpaste. The things that you probably wouldn't buy for yourself normally, but little treats from the family or, or the wife or loved ones. I would also like to have some sort of sweets to, to, to chew on throughout the day of, of Christmas. Um, maybe some pyjamas. There you go, mate. You what? Um, <laughs> you, um, Did I beat him then? You beat him. You smashed him. Smashed him. I am down at 27 seconds before the album. Okay, I'll tell you that. That was that's good. Hard, that's the hard. focus. That's hard, mate. The that's focus really on you there was brilliant. Yeah, I was really trying. I was. I thought about it. There's going to be people who listen to the game show and will be slightly more militant than me. And there was a spell about 20 seconds where you were starting to lose it a little bit and you were beginning to drift. But you pulled it back just in time. So um, what did I even say? Toothpaste. <laughs> toothbrush. <laughs> who wants toothbrush in a stocking? Oh, Ridiculous. Um, so yeah, 27 seconds. Uh, perfect, straight to the top of the leaderboard. Thank you. We'll see if anyone can be that. That's a pretty decent time. That's definitely respectable. Thank I think um, I think you'll go pretty well there. Okay, that brings to a close episode two of the View from the Bench. Danny, thanks so much. Uh, just to give you get Christmas rolling. I know you're a man who likes. He's got a bit of a sweet tooth. Oh, Mark. So uh, tell you the same. I was. I, I mean, I tell you, it's 
it's for the little man, but it's uh, it's a chocolate father Christmas. I, I don't know whether it will make it home or not. That is fantastic. Me, myself, and Blake will, will chow down on this tonight. Yeah, be a good little Christmas treat for Perfect. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us, mate. Get a little bit festive. Uh, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed it. Thanks so much to everyone who got in contact with us to say say they enjoyed the podcast last time. Just a little reminder for you. Our email address, if you'd like to send us an email, is theviewfromthebench at gmail.com. I will try and get back to those people that have sent an email to me if I haven't got back to you yet. We also have a Twitter page, which I didn't tell you about last time. Uh, We couldn't have the view from the bench. It's too long. Uh, Slightly annoying. So the Twitter handle is underscore from the bench. Underscore from the bench. Uh, if you want to send us a tweet and we'll get that active and up and going and stick a picture of myself and Daniel looking very festive in the hats we got out of our crackers. So thanks so much, everyone. Have a brilliant Christmas. Uh, for those Quinns fans, hopefully see you at the big game post-Christmas. If not, happy Christmas, Merry New Year. Wrong way around. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And we'll hopefully see you again in January. So thanks very much. Thank you